0: The following is the Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free, kicks. free, free kicks. kicks with Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another episode of Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And we've got a lot of stuff going on uh, this week, Adam. So we got to, we've got to pace ourselves here. We've got uh, international soccer, we've got uh, uh, English soccer, and we also have American soccer. And I want to start with that, if you don't mind, and have some audio for that. Here we go. In this country, we call it Soccer Soccer. Partner. Okay, so big news this past week uh, in the American soccer world, and that is the retirement of one of the all-time greats in American soccer, Clint Dempsey. Your thoughts on the retirement of uh, Mr. Dempsey?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would even go to say as probably the greatest American soccer player uh, in terms of statistics and everything that he's achieved in the game. He's going to go down there as probably one of the the best, if not one of the best players ever to play from the United States. I mean, amazing record, uh, fantastic achievements in terms of what he did and what's kind of nice about, uh, Dempsey is that he actually started in college and I'm obviously a massive proponent of the college game. I yep. played college soccer and then he went on and played professionally in the MLS when it first began, went over to the Premier League and then came back. So he did it all and and, and he was successful in everything as well. And that was what was nice.
0: Yeah, all time leading goal scorer for the US men's national team tied with Landon Donovan. But uh yep. you know, it doesn't get any better than that? And then uh, I just saw this the other—I didn't realize he was also the all-time leading scorer for Fulham.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so, yeah,
0: quite an achievement, and that—that's—and uh, they're back in the uh, Premier
1: League this year. That's right, that's right. Yeah, he's banged in a bunch of goals for them too. Yeah, so no question. And uh, you know, when he left Fulham, he got a big, uh, kind of a big transfer move to Tottenham. And uh, I think he was able to make a good chunk of money off that. Um, that was a great move in, but it didn't go quite as well for him there. Didn't play as many games, and he still scored a few goals, but um, uh, didn't go great, and that's when he moved back to the States and uh, had that lucrative contract with the Seattle Sounders to finish off.
0: And, you know, that uh, even that final chapter of his game was uh, – important for the MLS. I mean, he kind of helped rejuvenate the whole league.
1: Yeah, no question. He came in and was able to do things. I think that signing was a massive thing for, for the league and especially out in Seattle as well, where he was playing. It just just made everybody even more excited i mean they get great great crowds anyway for their games but i think him being there just added a, a, an added incentive and then obviously uh when we, he goes ahead and wins the mls cup as well which was great too
0: yeah yeah like you said he really he really did it all so uh yeah right, we tip our caps to uh, maybe the greatest uh soccer player in american history Clint dempsey so Absolutely. now let's let's talk about what's happening on the pitch we have some audio for that
1: Premier League football. What's happening on the
2: pitch?
0: So we have three teams now in the English Premier League that are still 4-0 and after four games. And they are Liverpool, Chelsea, and of course, Watford. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: you got to be surprised, right? Are you surprised? Very surprised. Um, Watford though did have a good start last year. I don't think it was even this good winning their first four games, but they got off to a good start. Uh, and, and they had a massive win on the weekend. I mean, beating Tottenham Hotspur from uh, being a goal down, come back and, and win that game. So all credit to them. They've got some things gelling. The the new manager there, Javi Garcia, a Spaniard, uh, is doing some great things. He's got some, uh, the players playing together, the teams really working hard for each other. And uh, I think there's even talk of him, them offering him uh, quite a nice little financial uh, package in terms of a reward for their good start. So uh, he's off to a off to a good start with Watford.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, that's a team really with no superstars. Um, and they and I joked last week that they hadn't beaten anybody, but Tottenham certainly <laughs> is one of the big six. Uh, that was a, a very impressive win. You can't uh, you can't take it away from them. You,
1: no you think, question. You think yeah, they're for real? I, like I said, I, I think everything's going to kind of uh, kind of turn out, especially here in the next few weeks. Typically by Christmas, you're going to find out who the players are, who are going to be the teams that are going to be right there challenging. Um, you know, I heard something on the radio today about people kind of betting to see if they finish in the top 10. I, I think they're still good enough to finish in the top 10. I don't know if they're going to be in the top four the rest of the season, but I think they're certainly going to be – they'll do well to stay up and uh, be in that top half of the league, which is still a great accomplishment for a club like Watford.
0: So did you say that they're betting to see if they finish in the top ten? Yes. Oh, yes. There's literally nothing you can't bet about in England. Isn't (laughs) that true?
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Literally nothing. So if you want to make a bet, go to England and make a bet. Uh, so, last week we talked about Man U and uh, and Jose Mourinho and how important this game was. And it's no exaggeration to say that if he had lost that game, he might have been fired.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, it, was, it was a big game for them. And uh, fortunately, they came through, got a good result. I think there was a lot of things that were lined up for him, especially with Burnley playing on that Thursday. Yep. Maybe there was a little bit of a hangover effect from them. Uh, but they came in. The pressure was definitely on, and Lukaku came through with a couple of goals, which was great. And he they could, also he could missed. have had five goals. Yes, yes, no question. And uh, and a missed penalty by Pogba as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our, our, that. our <laughs> old, our old mate, Mister Joe Hart, makes a save finally, which yes. was good. And. Uh, yeah, so you know, they were worthy of the victory, no question. Uh they, there was there wasn't any issues there. They got the job done. They'll see how they do. So they've they've now moved up into the uh 10th spots now. So they're in the middle of the table.
0: <laughs> this is kind of the start that Chelsea had last year, isn't it? I mean, didn't Chelsea yeah. have a have kind of a rough start. But the the uh the game also had like a I don't know a dark side to it, and that was uh, right at the end of the game when uh, Marcus Rashford was uh, ejected. Got, yeah. got a red card for headbutting another player, and and I, I, you know, it was one of those fouls that the other guy was clearly trying to get him to do something
1: like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is this is a pretty common thing, and, and no offense to some of the the lesser players, I think they knew that Rashford's a, a top player, and so what ends up happening is you, you'll see a lot of the maybe the lesser players, maybe the players without that skill to maybe kind of aggravate some of those top players, and Marcus Rashford being as Jose called him a little naive, yeah. um, in the, in the respect of uh, you know maybe pushing back. I mean. Bardsley did kick the guy. I mean, he kicked Rashford pretty hard there in the ankle, and so I think Rashford just reacted, and um, and just what ended up happening was he got the red card. He just kind of put his head into his head into the other guy's head, and
0: yeah, the in, guy the, made you know, a, in the
1: heat of the battle,
0: it, you, these things can happen, but
1: you've got to be smarter than that. Yeah, yeah, he set himself up. I mean, like I said, he was bait, He was being baited. Bardsley baited him and he got exactly what he needed. And that was the, the tough thing about it. And I think, you know, in, in the big picture, probably there's a little bit of um, uh, perspective there kind of put in for Rashford. I mean, he's had a he's had a rough go. He's not always starting every game. So I think a little bit of frustration on his part just from a playing standpoint also went into that as well.
0: But he's a heck of a weapon to be able to bring on in the last you know, 20 minutes or so. Not many teams have somebody that could be a starter on the national team coming off the bench. Exactly, yeah. He's a good player, no question.
1: And I hope we, you know, when he plays for England this week, he'll get a little bit of extra playing time and you know, improve his worth. Because, like I said, he's definitely a great talent.
0: So that doesn't carry over to the national team if he has a red card. I know he's getting suspended for a couple of games.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be league games. um, So he'll be suspended, um, I believe, because it's violent conduct. That that would be a three-game suspension. And uh, that's the tough thing about it. So he'll miss three games.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about the other Manchester team. Man City uh, went up against uh, Newcastle. And that was a pretty good game. I don't know if you saw that game.
1: I did. I did. I was able to watch that one. That was the early game. So that was nice. It was uh, it was. Good. Yeah, I agree. It was a decent game Went a little bit back and forth, which was nice. Newcastle didn't really bunker in as much as they did the previous week. So they kind of had a little bit of a go at them. And uh, yeah, it was good game. Good game.
0: And, you know, the DeAndre Yedlin uh, in this in this formation where they're playing him as the outside back um, with the three. They still have three center backs. Right, and they they're playing like five in the middle. I don't really yeah. know what this what this uh, lineup is. It looks like a three five.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a three five two, which turns into a five three two, basically, right? Uh, because they bring those players back. So he's kind of a. Kind of playing almost like a wing back at times, but he but it allows him to get forward. Yeah, but he's also got to got to run back a fair bit as well. Well, that's uh, but the yeah. thing.
0: He, you know, that's always been his problem. But he is a weapon uh, going forward, and he scored a beautiful goal.
1: Yeah, that was a really nice goal. I think the ball was played in from Rondon. Yep. That's one of their new signings, who, who I thought played very well, actually. He did, yes. Um, he was able to hold the ball up and, and did a pretty nice job every time the ball was played up to him. And it was him against four guys for yep. the most part. And, uh, but played a great ball in and then – um was a know, nutmeg. Yeah, nutmeg. Nutmeg yes. Nutmeg Yadler pass. Probably
0: made a 70-yard run to make that goal.
1: Yeah, exactly. Made that massive run to get inside the uh, the outside back and then finished with, with great aplomb, smashed it into the, <laughs> into the goal. So that was nice. That was a nice finish.
0: Also a very rare goal for uh, national team player Kyle Walker, uh, the defender for Man City, his first goal in 111
1: games. Yeah, so that was amazing statistic. I know. I I was surprised when I saw that, and uh, it's funny they was interviewing a few of the other Man City players after the game, and they were saying, "Yeah, he scores all the time in practice, but <laughs> uh, well, he never scores in games." And uh, it's just kind of funny how that is. It's, uh, it kind of brings me back to my days back in the oh, – I used to play with a bunch of guys. There was one player. He used to score fantastic goals in practice but could never do it in the game. So that's just – sometimes that that works out. But at least he got on the sheet and it was a heck of a strike too. It was. It was from way
0: out uh, and it was, a, it was a beautiful goal. And and Yedlin is the first – that's the first American to score in the Premier League since 2014. When wow. Jeff Cameron scored for Stoke, so congratulations to him. Now, big news out of uh, Man City, and this was just kind of – I must must be in the, big, in the newspapers over there, but I missed this story, and that is that Kevin De Bruyne is out for a while.
1: Yeah, he got injured fairly early in the season. Um, training, I guess, he got injured. Yeah, yeah, got tra- injured in training, a little bit of a knee issue. Uh, he's out for three months. Yeah, um, that's a huge I mean, loss. Yeah, no question. I mean, people are saying that you know Man City's such a good team; they, they're not going to be they're going to be okay without him. Um, but you know, still, he's he's a world class player. There's no question. So anytime you anytime you lose a world class player like him, that's going to be tough. You you miss him. And uh, yeah, maybe you know, Cal- one of the top ten players in the entire world. Yeah, no question, no question. And uh, he's he's able to make and make and break change games. Those those are the things he can do. Um, so he, he's he's really going to be a miss uh, for Man City. Although when you look at the schedule, if if you're going to have a player miss, this is probably the time to do it because there are some breaks here and there. They've got their Champions League games coming up, but those are probably games you would expect them to win. Right. It's not the knockout stages. They haven't played any cup games yet. So um, this is probably as good a time, you hate to say that, as good a time to have an injury because then he has time to come back and then hopefully when the when the games become a lot more meaningful, he'll be able to uh, be there to support his team and help his team hopefully win a few trophies.
0: Well, they say it's a minor knee injury, but he's out for three
1: months. That does not sound like a minor knee <laughs> you-
0: injury yeah
1: yeah I'm not exactly sure the specifics I would probably guess some type of a strain of a ligament yeah. um, within the ACL that that type of thing so it's so, certainly serious enough that it's gonna take a little while to get back
0: the good news is for him uh, his pace was not really his game I mean it was not so much that he was fast it was it was it's his passing it's his vision it's you know it it's his
1: leg it's his shot yes yeah, he's, it's his overall play. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, he's not that, like you said, he's not the type of guy that's going to beat you with pace. He's not a, a yadlin or anything like that, but he, he has so much skill. I mean, he's he's those he's those skill guys. You know, they talk yeah. about them in the NFL, how, how important they are to have them on the field, and he's one of those guys.
0: Okay. Uh, it's time to explain a foreign tradition.
1: And now, explain that foreign tradition, please.
0: So I'm watching the uh the Newcastle game uh against Man City and they start referring to Newcastle as the Magpies and I realized that I had not heard that before um yeah. and I, and then it made me think you know I know that there's a couple of other ones there's the Saints the Spurs the Gunners uh et cetera. um does every team have one of those in, in in Germany for instance that's where I grew up the the Bundesliga we do not have that there are no mascots for the teams you know and in in america every
1: team has one so what is the story in england yeah i think for the most part there's always a nickname for most of the teams um so that's typically some are better than others probably like uh, like you got met like uh, west ham or the hammers you know that's the thing and then you've also and you got Manchester United; they're the Red Devils, which makes a lot of sense because nobody really <laughs> likes nobody really likes them. But um, but yeah, so everybody's kind of got a nickname. Sometimes it's as simple as Chelsea's the Blues, right? Uh, Liverpool's the Reds. Uh, you know, Birmingham. You know, in the lower levels, they're the Blues as well. So it, it just really depends. There's always a, some type of a nickname that that goes along with the teams. Okay. And, and some uh,
0: teams use it more than others. Is that uh, a fair statement?
1: Yeah, that's probably fair to say. Um, you know, uh, you know, Watford is the Hornets, for example. That's their nickname, and they'll go by that. And uh, you know, the, 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 some of the teams will, some of the fans will have some type of a, a chant around those, maybe nicknames. Um, you know, whether it be Chelsea, like blue is the color, that type of thing. So they'll have songs that they sing around within those, uh, within those chants.
0: Okay. Um- Another uh, issue that uh, American fans aren't really familiar with is this international break, which we're about to go into this coming week. And you were telling me before we went on the air that there's uh, a radically new uh, thing happening (laughs) with uh, international games uh, this coming week and uh, for the foreseeable future, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll certainly talk a little bit more about this in in detail down down the shows here. But basically, instead of these friendly games, which a lot of the Premier League managers really detested because what ends up happening is kind of a meaningless game, lots of subs in and out, players could get injured. Now they've got some type of um, of a league. They're calling it the Nations League, and this is specifically in Europe, where these friendly games become a little bit more meaningful. And so there's the possibility of now teams qualifying early for the European Championships, which is going to be in 2020. So, which is kind of nice because it gives the the players something to play for, gives them some idea of, of what they're doing. And then also down the road, uh, the lower level teams, because the, what they've done is they've put them, put all of the groups together with kind of the top groups. So you've got England, France, and Germany in that top group, but then you also have the lowest group where you've got the Azerbaijan, Faroe Islands, Malta, they all will then play each other as well. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of similar to what we do within our leagues within Our clubs, you know, you have a division one and a division five, and that's what's going to happen here.
0: Okay, And so um, if they lose games in the in these uh, in these uh, new matches, it doesn't knock
1: them out. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they can still qualify. They still have the qualification. It's just this gives them an extra incentive to potentially maybe get in a little earlier which is which is kind of nice i yeah. think it's a good idea like and uh, and it makes these friendly games a little bit more meaningful so then potentially you know in uh, the league d for example belarus might be able to get an early qualification you know one of those teams out of that group could get qualify early for the uh, for the european championships which is kind of nice yeah um, right. so um, yeah so it's going to add a little bit more to it I mean, that top group, you've got Croatia, England, Spain in a group, Italy, Poland, Portugal, Belgium, Iceland, Switzerland, and Germany, France, and Netherlands. That's that's going to wow. be awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's some great. There's going to be some great games. They play each team home and away. So there's three teams, sometimes four in a group. It depends, but they'll play home and away, and then uh, the top teams go through. Then they'll have a semifinals and finals, and then we'll find out who goes through. So, yeah, it'll be kind of fun.
0: Okay, looking forward to that. Um, All right, so one of the things I always talk about on this show is that I love watching the uh, British soccer with the British announcers because I always hear something that I've never heard before, and this time I want to run a couple of these by you. Uh, There was a free kick from outside of the box in one of the games, and the announcer said, let's see if he sends this into the corridor of uncertainty. (laughs)
1: What in the world does that mean? (laughs) Well, I think think really what he means is he puts that in there so where anything can happen. I think the other expression people have said is put the ball in the mixer, you know, when they mix it up. So you just don't know what's going to happen. You throw that ball into the penalty box, anything can happen. I think what you're going to see, some teams do it more than others – Certainly, uh, the Cardiff game, for example, Cardiff versus Arsenal from the weekend. If you watch that game, yeah, that's that's how Cardi- that's Cardiff scores. That's how they do. Yeah. They throw the ball. They literally will send it into uncertainty because they will. They've got a chance. Anything can happen, and uh, and that's how they scored. I think both their goals. Yeah, I know I the second really- one for sure. They just put that ball in there and do it. So I think that's really. You know, how teams live live with this stuff. You know, the free kicks, restarts, that's what they're talking about. Well,
0: I love the term, the corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> so I'm going to definitely steal that. Uh, yeah. And then another one, I know what this means, but I just like the way it was said. I think it was Robbie, uh, one of the Robbies, Robbie Earl after the game said, uh, that wasn't a match. It was afternoon Sunday tea. <laughs> it, was yeah, just- Burn- it was talking about Burnley's effort against Man U, which was, I'd say honestly a little subpar wouldn't you
1: Yeah I agree I agree I think it was probably um the hangover from Thursday they weren't quite right into it Man United were a little bit more motivated Yeah exactly it was one of those games where it just we went through the motions that's yep. pretty much what it was Afternoon Sunday tea
0: okay it's time for our quiz Um, and you know last week uh, we did man you and uh, this week we're going to do Watford and I know in advance that you're going to get one of these correct (laughs) because you've already mentioned it during the show (laughs) okay there you go you never know what these questions are in advance this this will prove that you never get these questions in advance All right, we're going to start and again there are five questions you have to get three of them correct to pass the test Really. The first one. What major milestone? First of all, where is Watford? Watford is just outside of London, somewhere, right? It's
1: yeah, it's in Hertfordshire, small little town, about about twenty about twenty miles away from uh, central London. Okay, so like a suburb, would you say, or um, kind of, kind of, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's uh, it's, I would, I guess you could call it a little bit of a suburb. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what major milestone did Watford celebrate in two thousand six? Was it there 75 years, 100 years, 125 years, or 150 years? Oof.
1: Um, I'm going to go with the 100
0: years. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. It was 125 years. They were founded back in 1881. Wow. Yes. That's a club that's been around for a while. All right. So 0 for 1. But remember, you've got a free one in the bank coming up here. Yeah, that's true. In 1984, Watford played in their first FA Cup final. Who did they play? A, Man U, B, Liverpool, C, Chelsea, or D, Everton?
1: Ooh, wow. That's a good one. They Um, lost, by the way. Yeah, I think it was Everton. It was,
0: correct. Good call. All right. So now you've got to only get one more correct. Which manager took Watford from the fourth division all the way to second place in the first division in just ten years? All right, famous manager. Was it A, Graham Taylor? B Sir Alex Ferguson? C Nigel Gibbs? Or D <laughs> John Barnes?
1: Yeah, this was this was uh the ill fated Former England manager there for a little while, Graham Taylor.
0: Very good. That's right. He was there uh, yeah, from the 77 to 87.
1: Yeah, and he took over the England job, and that was the only time we didn't qualify for the World Cup. Recently, that is, and that was in the United States, the 94 World Cup. England yeah, didn't qualify.
0: That's right. So, yeah. uh, he was also later at uh, Aston Villa, I think. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay, so you've already passed the test, but we're going to just show everyone how smart you are by letting you do these last two here. All right. In 2003, Watford reached the FA Cup semifinal. So this is just, you know, 15 years ago, 2003. Where did they play that game? Was it in White Hart Lane, Old Trafford, Villa Park, or Highbury? Hmm.
1: Uh, semi-finals a lot of them were were played at Villa Park that was kind of the tradition so I'm going to go with Villa Park
0: that is correct yes that's right right. Villa Park the home ground of Aston Villa so congratulations you've passed the test but in the last one here's the free one what is the nickname of the Watford team is it the Yellow Jackets the Bumblebees (coughs) the Wasps or the Hornets of course the Hornets the Hornets is correct Uh, By the way, if you're trying to find uh, this fine podcast, there are places to find it other than the Radiomisfits.com. You can find it at iTunes. We're at Google Play. We're at Stitcher. We're at TuneIn. Uh, You can uh, sign up for the RSS feed if you go to FreeKicks on the Radiomisfits Podcast Network. We're also uh, uh, on Google and uh, uh, rather uh, Facebook and Twitter. All right, so... Even though it is an international weekend, we know that there are games to watch, so we've we got to hear about Adam's TV tip. Hang on for the audio.
1: Now time for Adam's weekend soccer TV tip.
0: Okay, so there are apparently a lot of meaningful international friendlies, and Adam has chosen one that he thinks is going to be the best.
1: I hope so. I hope so. I think this is going to be a good one. And I'm probably going to be a little bit biased because of this, but I'm going to pick the England-Spain game, which I think is going to be a great one. Certainly, if you like watching Spain play, they play on Saturday. I believe it'll be like a 1.30 kickoff, something around that time. Uh, and it's going to be on ESPN. So most of these games are on the ESPN network or ESPN+. Plus. You know if you listen to our podcast last week we spoke about the uh, the beauty of uh, espn plus and all those other networks but that should be a good one england spain meaningful game so excited to see that one
0: okay sounds great Uh, if you'd like to know more about adam and rick you can follow us on twitter uh, fk with adam and rick and facebook free kicks with adam and rick you can check out our day jobs i'm an author publisher of eckhart's press Press eckhart'spress.com and the co-host of the minutia men podcast with david stern Adam's the technical director, a director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of this podcast is Tony Lasana of Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Are we coming back with another episode next week, Adam? Yes. Okay. So we will be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast
2: Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes,
0: Stitcher Radio,
2: and at radiomisfits.com. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano or Los Angeles, Los Anno, and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Ro Khan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is, I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm, the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple things that worry me about the future. This is, I'm getting to be an old man because it's like, I all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have... Girls having sex with black guys. You know? I was like, what? <laughs> what are they talking about? You know? I don't know. And this is not against you know the, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy because I I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, right. but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides and I decide who's who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any sense right. to
1: me. Well, I've always
2: said MSNBC and Fox news, neither of them are news channels or no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's that's, all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the label news on it and present it like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking point. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, Yeah, and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know. you my think God, that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah? Glenn, yeah. As a showman I mean he's He, he didn't get in this For the right. politics of it Right right yeah. I think Rush truly Believes what he says about. Really? I do yeah. I always thought of him As more of an entertainer uh-uh. Than anything No wow. I think he really Believes it mm. And he's very He's entertaining at doing it He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and and it And he could do it Without calls Right <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. But that's yeah. the point that's There's very saying. few guys Can do that right. right There's Everybody in Conservative Talk Radio Has a first and last name That's like the same thing Hugh Hewitt <laughs> And uh, Like Lou Lewis And there's guys I mean literally There are guys That yeah. you know Tom Tom Thompson. It's like really <laughs> <laughs> you think were that stupid? We can't remember your name Did you have to name of yourself twice? <laughs> you have been Assholes. Radio Misfits. Get more. Losano and friends. Losano. Now on losano.com. Good luck trying to spell Losano or whatever it's called.